God has a remedy for all of it. How about that? And that's what we're going to talk about today because I believe God is in this room right now to set the captives free. I believe that God is doing a work right now, even in the midst of you. And the only thing you got to do today is open up your heart unto him. And some of us say it's so hard for me to open up to him with what I've been through and how I feel right now. I'm here to tell you it's not about a feeling. It never was about a feeling. It's all about believing what he has done outside of how you feel. Because how many know if we go on how we feel, we wouldn't make it, none of us, not even me. Because our feelings change based on what we hear, based on what we see, based on what we touch. Come on, your feelings, your emotions begin to get stirred up in you. I'll give you an example. Come on, women, when you think you met Mr. Right. You have those feelings. You got that feeling like James Brown. But the more you get to know Mr. Right, he becomes Mr. Wrong. Come on, give me a hallelujah. See, that's what feelings will do for you because you feel good at the moment. You feel like you just caught the best fish that you could catch. Right? But then when you get to know that fish, ooh, he's something else. This is why... We got to stay connected, not even women, but men too. Men think they got the right woman. Man, she be throwing down every time she come to my house. She got me a plate. But the problem is once she got it, you found out she couldn't cook. So see, we have to not go on feeling. It's not how it appeared to be, y'all. And this is what God wants us to know going even into the new year. We got to let go of feelings. We're not going to get anywhere with feelings. I have learned that over the years. If I go on my feelings, I wouldn't be where I am today. If I go on what people feel, I wouldn't be where I am today. So today, I want you to just open up your heart and say, God, I'm getting past me. And I'm putting my focus on you. Can we do that this morning? Say, God, I'm getting past me. And I'm putting my focus on you. I'm putting my focus on what you have already done. Say, it's not about me. I have been crucified with Christ. And it's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. And he shall get the glory and the honor and the praise through me on today. Come on and give him a hand clap of praise. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Now, Holy Spirit, I thank you. I thank you for being our teacher, our helper. I thank you for being our comforter today. Holy Spirit, I believe that there's people in this room that need to be comforted. And as this word go forth, I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're comforting them. Through this word, you're releasing your power. Oh, I thank you, Father, that you are in the midst of this room. You're here to bring comfort today. You're here to bring healing today. You're here to bring deliverance today. So we thank you for it right now in the name of Jesus. God, I thank you for raining down upon your people today. And as I open my mouth, God, I thank you that you have already filled it. And I thank you, Father God. I thank you again for the Holy Spirit in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's see what God has to say today. Go to John, the third chapter. 
a familiar passage that we're familiar with, but I believe God has a word for his people. John 3.16. John 3.16. And I can start reading because I believe some people have that in your heart. Amen. And we're going to find out if it's in your heart. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. I'm going to read it again. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believe in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. You may be seated. I want to talk about today a remedy for everything that you're going through. And that remedy today is knowing God's love. And this is what the enemy does not want you to know. Because when you know truly his love, you won't be working as hard as you are to get what you already have. So we're going to talk about knowing God's love. When we look at the first part of that verse, it said, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And I want to dissect that verse because I want everybody to understand the reason why he gave his only begotten son. We know because he loved us. But the world was so corrupt. The world was so full of sin. We go back to the beginning with Adam and Eve where they were in paradise. And by them being disobedient to God, then they end up being corrupt. They end up being in sin. But God had a remedy for that, and we know his remedy was his son, but that remedy really is love. But we got to talk about dealing with this sin and how sin corrupted the whole world. And every imagination of people's hearts were continually evil. Why? Because of sin. So God had to do away with sin. And we know the way that he done away with sin. First of all, he had to send us a savior. And y'all know that savior was Jesus Christ. And by sending us that savior, that savior had to redeem us. He had to lay down his life for us because we know the penalty of sin is death. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. God did not want us to be separated from him. Sin was a barrier that was keeping us from God. So God said, I got to do away with that barrier, but I can't find nobody on earth that's perfect. I can't find nobody on earth that can meet all of my standards. So God had to literally leave his throne and come down here to earth for us. Now that's love. He was in a place that wasn't corrupt. He was in a place that wasn't full of sin, but he left that place because he loved us so much. And when we go back and we look at that in Isaiah 59, 2, it said that our iniquities separated us from God. And sin, when we sin, it hid his face from us. And when I looked at that verse, I began to break down. I want y'all to understand what sin is transgression and iniquity iniquities because we got to understand the reason why he had to do away with sin sin was a barrier when we look at sin that means that we missed the mark it's just like an archer when he have um his bow and arrow and he's aiming for that mark but he missed when he missed they say missed the mark 
How do we miss the mark? Because we could not meet God's standards. We could not meet um, everything that God wanted us to do. So we missed the mark. That's what sin is. But when we look at transgressions, transgressions is knowing what the word says, but being willfully disobedient to what the word says. And I can say everybody in this room has been a transgressor, and some of us are still are a transgressor, meaning that when the Bible tells us not to do, and we know what the word is saying, but we go do what the Bible's telling us not to do, we're a transgressor. That's just like Samson. Samson was a Nazarite. And being a Nazarite, you couldn't cut your hair. You couldn't drink strong drink. You could not even touch a dead body. Samson knew these things because this is what was told to him. At his birth, when he was born, they knew how to raise Samson based upon what the angel revealed. But Samson went out and he touched the body of a dead lion, knowing that's not what he's supposed to do. He had his hair got cut because because of a woman. He told the woman that when he cut his hair, he would lose his strength. So he knew what not to do in the book of Judges, um, but he did it anyway. So that's what a transgressor does. And let me break it down to us. When we see a stop sign in front of us, and that stop sign says stop, but we go right through the stop sign and don't stop. All of us in this place, we can go up under a transgressor. When the speed limit says 70, and we go 80 and 90, all of us in here are transgressors because when we know what the sign says, we go willfully over that sign. I'm going to give you another one. When there's a handicap sign and you know you ain't handicapped and you willfully park there. Oh, help me somebody. We're getting somewhere. And you know you don't supposed to do it. You are a transgressor. Amen. Let's talk about iniquity. When we look at iniquity, that means that when you caught in something and you know it's wrong, you don't repent of it, but you continually do it over and over and over again. When you know the word says, do not commit adultery, do not lie, do not steal, do not commit a fornication, but you keep doing it repeatedly, repeatedly, repeatedly after the word tell you this is what you should not do. When we look at that, we see David in 2 Samuel, the 11th chapter, when David knew that he did not supposed to be with Bathsheba. But he took Bathsheba. He committed adultery with Bathsheba. Then he ended up murdering her husband. He was a murderer. He was a liar. He continually done what he knew that was wrong. So we see sin. We see transgressor. And we see iniquity. When you go back through the Old Testament... When God made a way for his people, they continually, repeatedly sinned after the law was right there before them. They continually did what God told them not to do. So there was a penalty for all of that, and the penalty was death. Now, I'm I'm breaking all of this down to let you know the difference because I don't truly believe we know what love is. We don't really know what God's love is because after I broke all of that down to you, letting you know that the wages of sin is death, letting you know that everything that we do, we do it outside of the will of God, still do sin, still do transgression, still do iniquity. Come on, everybody in this room today, all of us fit in these categories today. 
right now. We cannot say we never ran a stop sign. We cannot say we never parked in handicap. We cannot say that we never done these things. We cannot say we never committed adultery and know we had a wife. We cannot say we never fornicated and we're saved. Come on, but I'm finna help you today to let you know what love done for you. So we see all of this dealing with why sin separated us. God could not look on sin. He hid his face from us because of sin because God is a holy God and everything he do represents perfection he's not a God that fluctuates he's not a God that change he remains the same so God said there's a barrier between me and my people and he said that barrier is keeping them from me and I don't want them to be kept from me because I know they're going to continually sin. I know they're going to transgress. I know they're going to continually um, be in that category of iniquities. So this is what he done. He gave somebody. He gave his son. And the thing that we got to understand with God, it even goes on to tell me in Romans 5, 8. Now, this is what I want you to understand. For God commended his love for us. And yet, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. See, we don't understand, evidently understand and know what that means. That means that while we were still in sin, still being a transgressor, still in our iniquities, God laid down his life while you were still a sinner. See, the love that God has for you, God don't wait on you to get it right. God made a remedy for you even when you were still in your mess to say, I'm going to love you in spite of you. Then God began to show me more in his word in the book of Hosea. In the book of Hosea, we see Hosea. God told him, I want you to marry a, a woman that's in adultery. Now, he married this woman. He took this woman in, and he thought that he could change this woman, but he couldn't change her. So she continually committed adultery. But in Hosea 3, God said, what I want you to do, I want you to bring this woman back. And I want you to love her. Now, can you imagine a woman that's steady committing adultery? God is telling this man, Hosea, I want you to love her. In spite of her committing adultery, I still want you to love her. And the reason why God said that, he said, because that's how much I love Israel. Even though Israel is doing things that they don't supposed to be doing. He said, I'm going to still love them. So what am I telling you? I'm telling you today what the enemy is using on you is to make you feel like God don't love you. He's trying to make you feel like you got to earn your way to get something from God. But I got some good news this morning. If God loved you while you were yet a sinner. And he gave up his life for you. That's love. That means that God didn't waver. God didn't say, I'm going to wait till you get it right to love on you. God said, I'm going to give you everything that you need right now, even while you yet a sinner. See, we have a remedy, y'all, and it's love. Love conquers a multitude of sin. And I feel that the church have not gotten where we need to be when it comes to love. Because when you know the love of God, you don't hold a grudge for 20 years. 
When you know the love of God, you don't hold unforgiveness in your heart. When you don't, when you know the love of God, you don't hold back what God is telling you to give. When you know the love of God, you can receive everything that God has already provided. And if you're not receiving what you need to receive, it's because you don't know his love. And the enemy knows this. He don't want you to know his love. And this is what God is saying today. And then he began to say in Jeremiah 31, he said, let's go to Jeremiah 31. I love this one right here. I'm laying down something. The Lord shall appear of old unto me saying, yea, I have loved thee with the everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness have I drawn thee. What does that mean? God said this everlasting love is a love that will never end. That will be there forever and ever and ever, no matter what you do. And he said, I have drawn you with love and kindness. That means that I have continually loved you. I have continually been kind to you. Even in your mess, I have continually been kind. I have continually showed my goodness. That's what it means with loving kindness. I have drawn you because even though you messed up, he said, that didn't stop me from loving you. So see, I want you to open up your hearts this morning to understand love is the remedy through everything that you're going through. See, this is what the enemy does. When I say dealing with the mind, with your mind, the enemy want to give you thoughts outside of his word because he know that the word brings you life. So if he can get you to think contrary to what the word is saying, what he's doing, he's building a stronghold in your mind. And he know if I can get that stronghold built in your mind, I can leave you to yourself. I don't have to sit there and watch over you because if I can build the fortress in your mind, wherever you go and whatever you do and what kind of fortress it is, it's going to come up and block you. And the love of God is not going to be able to flow through you. See, when God's love flow through you. You begin to get everything. Y'all don't hear what I'm saying. You get everything that God has provided. Why? Because you know it ain't based on what you do. It's based on what he has already done. We got to tap in to this love. And see, we got to understand that the Bible says faith works by love. If your faith that God has given you It's not operating in your life. If you're not believing what the word said, it's because your love, you don't understand this love. When you know his love and the enemy tell you that you're not healed, you can say the devil is a liar because by Jesus Christ, I was already healed. I don't have to do nothing to get healed. And y'all got to understand this. Even when you mess up, this is where I'm going. All of us in this room mess up. On a daily basis. All of us in this room, in our soul, we're not perfect. We're going to say something wrong. We're going to do something wrong. We're going to act out when we shouldn't act out. Saved, sanctified, and filled with the Holy Ghost. Come on, we do it. We act out. We can look at somebody and we can give them a look. That they that look means shut up. Don't say nothing to me. Just turn the other cheek now before I hit the other. That's just what we do. Come on, somebody, save folk. But because of the love of God, 
God said, what I did for you was, he said, I forgave you a past, present, and future sin. That means that I knew you were going to miss the mark. I knew you were going to be a transgressor. I knew you were going to repeatedly do what I told you not to do. He said, but in spite of all that you do and don't do, my promises are still the same. In spite of you messing up, cursing somebody out, he said, you still going to get what I already, y'all don't get it. He said, in spite of that, he said, I fixed it, Darlene Adams, that no matter what you say or how you say it, he said, you still going to get my promise because all of my promises in him is yes and amen, not in Darlene. So Darlene can calm down. She can quit working herself, trying to fix it. Because sometimes our way of fixing is doing something to get God to do something. But when we understand how much he loves us, we cease what we're doing and say, God, I receive what you have already done. That's what love does. Love conquers, y'all, a multitude of sin. And when we know that he laid down his life for us and he laid it down even when we were yet in our mess. Let me give you another scripture on that. Go with me to Romans 5. God laid it down, y'all. Listen at what God did. It says, verse 6, Romans 5, 6. For when we were yet without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. That means that we were weak, we were feeble. That means when we couldn't even save ourselves. It said, for scarcely for a righteous man will one die. Yet preadventure for a good man, some would even dare to die. But God commended his love towards us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. That's not the end of it. Listen at this. Much more then, being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from the wrath through him. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, he go to thing much more being reconciled we shall be saved by this life what does that mean that mean if he forgave me when I was in my sin Teresa Waddell now that I'm born again and I mess up I'm still justified y'all don't hear me I'm still justified I've been acquitted Calvin just like I haven't sinned so why am I trying to get it right when he already made it right the only thing I do is acknowledge what I'm doing so I won't give inroad to the enemy and say God it's already mine healing is mine your healing don't stop because I lied your healing don't stop because I cursed somebody out healing is still available for me I just recognize What I done was wrong. See, the enemy is twisting it. He's trying to make you think that you got to keep doing this and doing this and doing this for God to give you what you already got. So God said, now that you're justified, why are you still trying to make something right when I already made it right for you? So when we grab hold to that, y'all, when we grab hold, we won't allow guilt And condemnation to come at us and say, God's going to stop doing what he's doing because of what I've done. You got to remember, God done forgave you of all of that. And this is the thing, y'all. But what happens is it stopped the flow of God. 
It stopped the flow of God. But it don't stop what you already have. But the flow of God that flows through you, that manifests him, guess what? It's just like it's stopped up. You know when a, a drain pipe gets stopped up, you got to put Drino in there for it to get unstopped so you can have a continual flow. See, the enemy don't want you to have a continual flow. So this is why he want to get strongholds in your mind. Because he know if he can get your mind in a place, you can't receive what God has already done because you don't receive what he's already set you up to receive. But when you recognize through the Holy Spirit to say, Holy Spirit, what's going on? What's blocking me from receiving what God has already provided? The first thing that we got to understand that blocks us is fear. Some of us have a fear of the unknown. We don't know what's going to happen. But when we have the love of God, the Bible say perfect love cast out fear. Fear has torment. And when a person fear, he's not made perfect, complete in love. That means you got to go back to the love walk. You got to go back and you got to renew your mind and say, God, you love me so much. You gave your very best. You gave your only begotten son. Not only did you give him for my sins, but God, you gave him for me to be healed, delivered, set free. You gave him so I can be totally free. See, this is why I say some of us are not experiencing the freedom that God has given us because we're too busy trying to work on fixing something that God has already fixed. And if you keep working on something that God has already fixed, you're missing out of living that life that God has already provided in Jesus Christ. He said, the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But God said, I have come to give you life and to give it to you more abundantly. I have come to give you a Zoe life. I have come to give you eternal life. Even when your life ceased to exist, you still live. God is a good God, y'all. So when we know his love, everything is surrounded by love. And the enemy don't want you to love nobody. He don't want you to walk in God's love. Because the Bible says that the Holy Ghost has shed the love of God in our hearts through the Holy Ghost. So love is in our hearts, but it's blocked because of things we won't let go of. Because we, you know, this person hurt me or this person said this or this, 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 this. So I just can't be around that person. That ain't God's kind of love. But then God began to show me more in his word dealing with love. Y'all, the more I got into the word of God dealing with the love of God, I said, God, I know where I am. God, I, I know whom I can trust. Because if you gave your son even while I was yet a sinner and you died for me and I haven't even accepted your son, And you paid for all my sins. Now that I'm saved, even though I mess up, God, I still have everything I need because of your son and not through me. Go with me to Romans 8. I want y'all to catch this because guess what? He's moving in your direction. He's moving in your direction. If you catch this love walk, I'm telling you everything you need, you can receive it right at your seat. Romans chapter 8, I want you to listen at this, what Paul was saying. Romans chapter 8, verse 34. Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died. Yea, rather, that is risen again. Who is even at the right hand of God? Who also maketh intercession for us? Who shall separate us 
from the love of Christ. So tribulation, distress, persecution, famine or nakedness or peril or sword. And as it is written, for thy sake, we are killed all day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Listen at this. Nay, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that love us. Let me tell you what God is saying here through Paul. Being more than a conqueror, meaning that when you go in battle, a conqueror go in that battle and they get the spoils. They, they win the victory, they get the spoils. But guess what? They had to fight for those spoils. But now that we're in Christ Jesus, the victory has already been won for us. We didn't have to fight for nothing. So guess what? Everything is ours in him. So when you quote that verse and say, I'm more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus, you got to know a conqueror mean I didn't have to fight in this battle. The victory was already won. So I'm walking in what was already won so I can walk in healing. I can walk in deliverance. I can walk in prosperity because victory was won on my behalf. I don't have to do nothing to get it. So that's what it means to be more than a conqueror. I already have the victory, Satan. I had the victory even before I accepted Jesus because he won everything for me. And when you fully understand what he has done, you would quit doing it and you would live that Zoe life. We can't even live a Zoe life because we're too concerned about what's going on around us. We're too concerned about how people do or what they do, how they do it. How am I going to do in this? Don't you know you already got the victory? Before you even walk in for the job interview, you should be saying, thank you, God, it's already mine. I have an assurance that everything that you have given me, I don't have to work for it no more. It's already mine. This is why when we go back in the book of Exodus 19 and 20, when the people would not even come before God, because they felt like we can't go before God, Moses. You go before God for us. So Moses had to talk to God, and then he had to talk to the people because those people feared God. When they saw the power of God, they just had a fear of God. But God, because you know why? Sin was separating them from God. But Jesus done away with sin. So there's no separation between us and God no more. So no matter what you do, you can go boldly to that throne of grace to find mercy in your time of need. Why? Because Jesus already defeated all of those things. So when you go before the Father, this is why he said you can't use I'm coming in Amanda's name. You got to say in the name of Jesus. I'm coming in the name of Jesus. And when you mention his name, everything in heaven, on earth, and under the earth supposed to bow because he is the creator and maker of all things. Without him, nothing would be made. So I'm coming in his name. And I'm coming because, God, I recognize you're my father. And I recognize that you love me so much that you don't want me to be in the state that I'm in. And you love me so much, God, you don't want me to be sick. God, you want me to be healed. So you already made provision for my healing even before I got, y'all don't hear this. God made provision for your sickness and disease before you got diagnosed. Meaning that, God, you already prepared for something before the something tried to take me. So if I know you have already made a way for me to be healed, I ain't going to do nothing to get it. I'm just going to accept what I already have. So I'm just going to thank you that it's already mine. I'm going to give you glory that healing already belonged to me. Y'all got.
But when you know what the word says, you do it. Jesus turned the water into wine. What's the first thing Mary said? Whatever he said, do it. And when he said, pour the water into those water pots, they poured the water. That was all they had to do. Pour the water. Now he said, pour it out. They poured in. Oh, y'all don't get it. When you pour the word in you, man, when it's time for a situation in your life, there's supposed to be a pouring out, dealing with that situation. And then there's a manifestation because you know the word that you have poured in you is the living word. It is the living water. It is the bread of life. So whatever situation you go through, when you begin to pour it out, you know it's already done and you don't have to sit there and wait for it to be done. You go your way because that's what the word said. So when we understand how all of this work, then we don't have to work, y'all. We just take the word for what it says. That's why we go again. Faith worketh by love. If your believing in this word ain't working, it's because you don't know his love. When you know his love, things begin to manifest through his love. Love is the remedy, y'all, to everything in our life. And the enemy know if he can stop you from loving the way God loves, you ain't going to get no manifestation from what he's already done because it took love in order for you to get what you got. That was God unconditional love. That means that was a love that didn't change in spite of what you were doing and how you were doing it. And back over here in, in Romans 8, and verse 38, listen to this. This is what we got to be. For I am persuaded, I'm sure, I'm confident that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present right now, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. So nothing that we do or ever will do, no demons, no height, no death, nothing will separate us from the love of God. So Paul had that understanding. Nothing, no one will separate me from his love. He's going to love me in spite of. And this is what we have to recognize. In spite of what we do, God's going to love us, y'all. Don't let people tell you because you messed up. Or because you in some kind of sexual act that you shouldn't be in, that God don't love you. That's a lie from the pit of hell. God made a way from you, even while you were doing what you were doing, before you accepted Jesus. And now that you have accepted Jesus, the enemy wants you to think, oh, now you got to really get it right for God to love you. No, you don't. God loved me when I didn't have it right. So I know now much more he loves me, even even in the act that I'm doing, God's love don't stop. It's gonna con- he's going to continually love me. But one thing I have to realize, when I understand the love of God, this is the key. When you understand how much God loves you, you will stop committing adultery. You will stop fornicating. You will stop lying. You will stop doing what you're doing because you're saying, I don't have to do this no more because I acknowledge the love of God. This is what love's supposed to do. It's supposed to have you making a U-turn. Say, I don't have to gossip no more. I don't have 
to hold a fence no more. I don't have to do all of these things no more because I acknowledge what his love has already done for me. Y'all quit doing what you're doing and just accept what he's already done. Just walk away and say, God, I already have it. No matter how I feel, God, I already have it. And this is what the word of God says that I'm a, um, we know the remedy is love, but God began to show me this y'all in his word. And it's so sweet. Y'all remember in the book, it's two things God showed me. We talked about Abraham last week and how Abraham had to wait how many years, 25 years for a son, but he had to trust God. He knew that God loved him. He knew God's love. When you know God's love and God give you a promise, it don't matter if it's a hundred years, you know, God is going to be faithful. Faithful is he who has called you, who will also do it. So it don't matter how long it takes. This is what God is saying. So Abraham had to wait 25 years. This is when real love kick in. When you know God love you. When he said, now that very same child you waited for, I want you to sacrifice that child to me. Meaning that I want you to give that child to me as a sacrifice. Sacrifice is something that you kill. I want you to literally give him. So Abraham, y'all know last week we talked about, he told the people that was traveling with him, y'all wait here while me and the lad go yonder and worship and we'll be back. We'll be back. So Abraham knew. He knew the love of God. He said, even if God kill him, God got to raise him up. That's just how much my daddy loves me because he ain't going to go back on his promise. So God is telling you today, whom or what are you holding on to? Cause you afraid. Whom or what have you not letting go of? Because you think you can protect them more than God. But when you know the love of God, you can say, God, I roll them over to you. God, I put them with you because God, I can't do what you have already done. Y'all got to get me. And I see people right now up to this altar, giving them to God and say, God, and the moment you do, that's when you're going to, Sister Deborah, come here, please. That's when you're going to feel that love. Everything is motivated by love. So the moment you let go of that person that you've been holding on to, that means that you're saying, God, I trust you more than I trust them. God, I trust you more than I trust myself. God, I can't do nothing without you. You're the vine. I'm the branch, Lord. And God, hearing about your love, let me know that you love me so much, that you gave your very best. So everything I'm holding on to, that's bringing heaviness to me, God, I let it go, God, so I can receive this garment of praise, to praise you in the spirit of holiness. God, I thank you and I praise you. Sister Deborah, give them to him. Give them to him. Let it go. And that's when God's love come in and consume you. That's when God's love come in and overtake you. That's when the peace of God that passes all understanding. God's your heart and your mind through Christ Jesus. God said, when you let go of it and them and grab hold to me, that's when you know my love and you know I've already done it. I've already taken care of it. Thank you, Father God. That anxiety and stress that's coming through the root of fear. Leave her right now in Jesus' name. I command you to go right now in Jesus' name and don't return 
in the name of Jesus, be free, be liberated. The joy of the Lord is your strength right now in Jesus' name. You are more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. The victory has already been won on your behalf. Who can lay a charge against my elect? Oh, guilt and condemnation bow down right now. You are a good mother. In the name of Jesus, you are who God has created you to be. Every lying demon that has come to torment your mind. I break your powers right now in Jesus' name. God, I thank you and I praise you that whom the sun sets free is free indeed. And I call freedom to this house. Freedom in the name of Jesus. God, we give you glory. We give you honor and we give you praise that it's already done. And it is so. It is not going to be, Sister Deborah, but it is so. You go your way and you give him glory. You give him honor. You give him praise because God said, my word will not, shall not come back to me void, but it shall go out and accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing I have sent it to do. You go in peace. You go in peace. God, we give you glory. God is a God of wonders, y'all. He's a God of wonders. When we know his love, when we know God's love, the enemy don't want you to receive it right now. He don't want you to receive God's love because he know the moment you receive God's love and you know and understand God's love, guess what manifestation is going to take place in your life. When you know his love, you ain't waiting on money. When you know his love, you ain't waiting on nothing because you know you already have it in him. In him you live, in him you move, in him you have your being. It is in him, not in you. Remember that. It is in him. His strength is made perfect even in your weakness. So we have to remember that God has made all grace abound towards us. He made it abound through his son, Christ Jesus. So when we accept his son, we're accepting everything that God has. Now, here's the thing right here. How many know today that God really loves you? How many truly know today that God really loves you? In spite of you, God loved you because he gave his son. There's not a person in this room would give son or daughter for nobody else. No. But Abraham, he had to let go of a child he dearly loved because he loved God more. So God knew, Abraham, now y'all don't get it. This is when the blessings began to be released. They were already there. But when he let go of that son, oh, let me read it to you. Guess what? On this verse right here, get ready, get ready, get ready. Because whatever you need, it's coming down. It's coming down. Come on, I'm telling you, it's coming down. If you got to run, run, because it's coming down. Come on, God is doing it. I'm telling you, y'all, it's right here in the room. Genesis 22. Listen at what God told Abraham. Verse 15, 22, 15. And the angel of the Lord called unto Abraham out of heaven the second time. Now listen at this. The first time he told Abraham, don't lay his hand. On that lad, neither do thou anything unto him. For now I know that you fear God, seeing that thou hast not withheld thy son, thy only son for me. I'm telling you, give it up right now. 
Give it up right now. God say, when you fear me and you honor me, you don't hold nothing from me because you know I can take care of it better than you. But listen what happened. The second time he called and said, by myself have I sworn, says the Lord, for because thou hast done this thing and hast not withheld thy son, thy only son, listen at this, that in blessing I will bless thee. And in multiplying, I will multiply thy seed as the stars of heaven, as the sand which is upon the seashore. And thy seed shall possess the gates of the enemies. And in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed because thou hast obeyed my voice. Do y'all understand what God is saying? He already told Abraham what Abraham already had when he made covenant with Abraham. It was already his. But God said, being that you gave your son You trusted me. You obeyed my voice. Now I'm going to release the blessing. Y'all don't hear what I'm saying. He said, now I'm going to release. Some of your blessings ain't released because you ain't really let go. You still trying to hold on to something. God said, when you let it go, then I can release what I've already provided. I can't release it because you're holding on to stuff. Because you're putting that stuff above me. Any of us that keep saying when God, why God, where God, don't know the love of God. God, I need money. And go get two jobs. Instead of going to him as a provider and saying, God, I'm letting go. I'm putting it in your hands. I can't do nothing else. Show me what I'm holding on to. That's stopping your blessings from coming forth in my life. Because I know I already got them. Because you already have given them to me. But what's holding up what you have already provided? Abraham had to let go of something so dear to him. But let me tell you what else God showed me. Y'all know we talked about old Jehoshaphat, right? Y'all remember? All right, if you ain't caught hold yet, you ain't let go. I want you to catch this because you still got something you got to do. Why do we think we don't have to do nothing? See, we think we don't have to do nothing, but there's something you have to do. Oh, Jehoshaphat. This is what Jehoshaphat heard. Remember, the enemy is going to bring you an evil report. Is that not right? The enemy is going to put thoughts there to have you to focus on those thoughts so you can't focus on God. So this is the report that Jehoshaphat heard. Now, he heard about everybody coming up against him. There was three armies coming up against him. They told him where they were coming from. And verse 3 said in 2 Chronicles 23, and Jehoshaphat feared, y'all get it? And Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord and proclaim the fast throughout all Judah. Now, he began to seek the Lord because Jehoshaphat knew he couldn't do it in his own strength. So he began to seek the Lord and he began to remind himself of the past victories that have happened throughout the Israelites life and as he began to do that at the end of his prayer this is what Jehoshaphat said in verse 12 he said oh our God which thou not judge them for we have no might against this great company that cometh against us neither know we what to do y'all get it this is what we need to be saying Lord I don't know what to do but our eyes are upon thee what did he have to do give up himself Think about it. I'm telling y'all something right now. God is moving. God is moving. If you're sitting in here today, give up yourself. 
Y'all ain't got it yet. I'm telling you, God, he's waiting. He's hovering. He said, give up yourself. See, Jehoshaphat recognized we can't do nothing. Our eyes upon you. That's humility. That's letting go of pride. Some of us are so prideful that we don't want to let go because the enemy wants us to think we'll get exalted in this thing. But guess what they did? After he said our eyes upon you, the spirit of the Lord began to come upon a prophet. And listen what the word that the Lord sent. And he said, hearken ye all Judah and ye inhabitants of Jerusalem and thy king Jehoshaphat. Thus says the Lord unto you, be not afraid, nor dismayed by the reason of this great multitude. Some of y'all got great multitudes in your life. You got the enemy on every side. What do I mean? The battles in your mind. Everything is coming at you from every direction. The enemy is bringing thought after thought after thought. That's a battle. Then he began to say, be not afraid nor dismayed for the reason of this great multitude. Here go the catch. For the battle is not yours, but God's. Tomorrow go ye down against them. He told them where they were in verse 17. Ye shall not need to fight in this battle. Set yourself, stand ye still, and see the salvation of the Lord with you. O Judah and Jerusalem, fear not, nor be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord will be with you. They had to get this first part. They had to let go of them. See, God cannot move with you in the mist. You got to realize it ain't about you. It's about what he's already done. So he said, let go of you. Once you let go of you, guess what? The Lord going to know when you let go of you. Then the spirit of God is going to begin to speak. The Holy Spirit is going to begin to speak and say, fear thou not. Because I am with thee. Be not dismayed. Because I am God. He said, I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. So he gave them the word and he told them the battle is not yours. What did he mean? God said the battle is already won even before you go out. You got to see the victory already won even before you step out. He said stand still. That means you don't have to fight in this. Stand still and see the salvation. Y'all salvation will only mean deliverance. It means healing. It means prosperity. It means you getting the total package. He said, I want you to stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. And that ain't even all of it. So Jehoshaphat began to tell them to believe the word of the Lord and to believe his prophets and you shall prosper. Because the prophet was sending the word of the Lord. And here's the glitcher, y'all, right here. Remember, he said, stand still. You don't need to fight in this battle. But he said, this is what I want you to do. I want you to put the praises. God inhabits. I'm finna give it to you. The praises of his people. Y'all, this is the verse that's going to close me out. And if you ain't got it yet, I hate it for you. This is the verse that's going to wrap it up. He said, put the praises in the front, in the midst of the battle. And when he put the praises in the, oh, y'all got to understand. God inhabits the praises of his people. He said, when you put praise in the front line and you begin to praise me. He said the enemy is going to come against himself. Y'all better hear what y'all better begin to praise him. Y'all better begin to praise him. But hold it right there. Hold it right there. Hold it right there. 
this. Listen at this. So he put the praisers in the front line, right? They began to praise, but guess what began to happen, y'all? They turned and destroyed each other. But this is a kick. And this is what happened. And when Jehoshaphat and his people, listen at what happened, came to take away the spoils of them. Listen, they found among them in abundance both riches with the dead bodies, precious jewels. They stripped off from themselves more than they could, oh my goodness, more than they can carry away. And they were three days in gathering of the spoils. It was so much. What does God say? Whatever the devil done took from you, if the devil done tried to take your mind, when you begin to praise God, you're stripping the enemy of everything that he's... You better give him some praise. You better give him some praise. Come on, it's in your praise. It's in your praise. It's in your praise. Come on, break through in your praise. Come on, just praise him. Just praise him. Just praise him. Come on, just praise him. Praise him for what he's already done. Not for what he's getting ready to do, but for what he's already done. And this is what we're going to do. Remember, they went in. The enemy represent death and guess what death don't have a hold on you not in one area of your life so that praise when you praise God and you begin to thank God God said they thanking me because they believe me they're thanking me because they know what already belonged to them so in their thanksgiving I'm getting ready to give them everything It's in your praise. So this is what we're going to do. This is what we're going to do. The battle is not yours. It belongs unto the Lord. And if you believe that God loves you and he's done everything for you, you don't have to fight for it no more. God said it's already yours. You've been stripped. Of everything that the enemy wanted to bring in your life. God is bringing healing. He's bringing deliverance. He's bringing peace. He's bringing joy. God said just go ahead and grab it. Go ahead and grab it. You got the idea. Come on you loosen it. And you're grabbing it. Come on let it go. And grab what belongs to you. It's already yours. Now, this is what we're going to do in this place. I want you to look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, God loves me. God really, really loved me. And he loved me so much. He gave. 
his only begotten son. And if he did not spare his only begotten son, do you know how much freely he will give me all things? Say, healing is mine. Joy is mine. Peace is mine. Prosperity is mine. Everything I need, I already have it. And I come to reap everything that belongs to me. Say, it's harvest time. Say, it's harvest time. Say, it's mine. It's mine. It's mine. It's mine. Come on and grab it. Glory God. Glory God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, this is what we're going to do. We're going to start back there at that door. And we're going to come up to the altar. Praising God, but we're coming up here by faith. Remember, faith worketh by love. And everything that you have accepted, you better lay it down. If you have accepted sickness, lay it down and receive healing. If you have accepted lack, lay it down. And when you lay it down, I want you to pick up what belonged to you. I'm telling y'all, this is real. Come on, Athea, let's start back there at the door. Oh, guess what? The Bible said you're going to be picking it up for many days because it's going to be so much. Come on. Let me hear the worshipers.
to seal this, this is what we're going to do to seal this. After I say this, if you believe it, you give him a high hallelujah. Listen to what God is saying. Whom the son sets free is free indeed. If you believe it. pretty sure everybody in here got a story to tell, but I must tell this. Um, last night, last night, where yesterday, I got invited to one of my uncle's birthday party, and when I come here, I feel free, and it just lets you know what we are getting here. Um, around my hometown, you know, we was reading where God said he wasn't honoring in his own, uh, in his own town. Um, I can come here and I feel free because I know the love is here. I feel the spirit. On the side, we got to give God praises for what we getting here. But last night, last night, um, my story is while we was at this party, it was, it was just his birthday party. And, uh, I was called to do a prayer. And when I was, before I was called to do the prayer, I just had this pulling, this pulling here. The spirits didn't, just all different kinds of spirit that was there. Um, in our hometown, we, you know, it's like you're not accepted while you was growing up. You're not supposed to be. We're not going to accept you no matter what you do. And so when I got called to do a prayer, I'm going to tell you something. Uh, before I came here, I was the shy one. I was a shy one. And, and it's called the spirit of lack, the spirit of lack. And when I got up to do my prayer, the enemy, he, he came up, uh, tried to come up against me and, and just blank my mind out. And I knew uh, th this word was for me today. And the reason is, all night long, uh, my son and I, we got to leave. He didn't know why I was having uh, fits for because um, when it happened, it started eating at me. It started eating at me, and I never shared this with them. Um, when, when, when I got there, my, my mind went blank, and the enemy tried to, to take it away from me, the flowing of Christ. And all of the teaching, all of the reading, all of the... The, the, the learning that I've got, and I'm trying to help somebody here because it's not just me. I'm just having somebody because I, right now I'm standing before you because the enemy is taking uh, uh, somebody else 
just like this, but they're afraid to come to the front. They're afraid to, to come to God. And being fearful of God is, is, is being willing to let it all go and give it to him. And that's what makes you free. And, and so um, all night long I was praying about it. And there's no condemnation in Christ. But I, I was up. I was up because I've been taught this. But all night long, and I'm, I was asking, God, why did, how is this allowing? Just like Pastor was saying, this was for me. Now, you can speak for you, but this was for me today. And I was asking, why is this keep coming against me? I know I love you with all my heart. I'm seeking you. I'm praising you, God. Why is it not coming to me as fluid? But the enemy keeps coming up, and it seems like, he, you know, you get caught up with, with your surroundings. And the enemies, and, and I read when I was getting taught, don't be afraid of men in their faces. And I'm not, and I'm not. That's why I'm standing right here today, because the devil will not win. But, but this morning I got up, my wife would tell you, I got up early this morning, ready to come to church. I was ready. I was ready, and I had an expectancy, and it came to me. Now, I can't speak for you, but it came to me. This was for me, and I must tell it. I thank God for the word, because, because I'm going to tell you this. When you pray, God, he, he answers your prayer. He answers your prayer. And I just want to say, everybody, continue to, to pray to God. Admit. Admit whatever it is that's holding you. And then he can set you free. But but I heard when you got to recognize the thorn that's in the side. And then you'll know what to pray for. So I'm coming the day before a miracle temple to let you know that I am free. And I know that I am free. And I give God the glory. Hallelujah. Because I am free. We got to understand how the enemy tried to play with your mind. He tried to bring condemnation on Tyson. He tried to make him feel that he was not who he say he was. He tried to bring embarrassment on Tyson. But guess what? He let the enemy know you already defeated. And see, God will send you exactly what you need if you take heed to what he's saying. You have to let go of you. And I'm telling you right now, still in this room, still in this room is still people holding on to your remedy. After everything that went on in here, The enemy is still making you feel like this is what you got to do. This is how you got to fix it. Y'all, I'm telling you right now, God did a release in the midst of this room. The only thing you had to do was grab hold. Nobody don't have to lay hands on you. Nobody don't have to come up to you and say something to you because God said it. And he meant what he said. And he said what he meant. And God is not going to change it today. And see, Tyson was giving God glory because he recognized I already got the victory. It don't matter what people think about me. It don't matter what people are going to say about me. It don't matter if they put my name out there. I stand in victory. Doing all, I'm going to stand. So it don't matter what you say. But I'm here to tell you, man of God, when they come before you, And begin to try to ridicule you or make you look bad when you begin to open your mouth. And the rivers of living water, Tyson, begin to flow out of you. The one that's standing in the midst of you, they're going to be healed. They're going to be delivered. They're going to be set free because you are standing in how you were created in righteousness and pure holiness. 
I'm telling you, y'all, that was his first step. And y'all going to see him flowing and flowing and flowing and flowing and flowing and flowing and flowing. Because guess what he did? Tyson, it was pride, baby. You humbled yourself. And you said self ain't going to be exalted above God. So you let pride go. And you ain't worried about what your kids think. You ain't worried about what your wife think. You ain't worried about what your family think. You say, God, I'm standing for you. And I'm not going to be ashamed of you. So guess what? Breakthrough already come to his house. When you let go of you, God can really move on your behalf. So y'all remember, when you're holding grudges, unforgiveness, or even holding on to your money, you better think about the love of God. Because nothing separates you from the love of God. And when you can't give up what you have, you don't know his love. When you can't let go of a family member, when you can't let go of a job, when you can't let go of things, that means you think those things can help you more than God. When you, in your mind, when you're saying, oh, I'm sorry, I forgive you, but deep down in your heart, you're still saying that person is wrong, you don't know the love of God. See, because when my Savior was on the cross... They put thorns, y'all, a crown of thorns in his head. See, he took all of this mental stuff that the enemy was trying to bring on us with our mind. Those thorns went through his head. They put a scarlet robe on this man. They put a reed in his hand. And they began to spit on him. They haven't even put him on the cross yet. They began to spit on him and mock him and say, oh, you're the king of the Jews. But he stood there and he took all that. That was mental anguish. That was really, truly letting go of himself. And after they did that, they took the scarlet robe off of him. He still had the thorns, the crown of thorns. But they took that off of him, put him back on what they put him back on. And guess what? They began to nail him. To that cross. But he had to carry the cross first. So y'all our savior went through some. He went through it. To save us. He went through something that. He didn't even deserve to go through. Because that's love. See when you really flow in the love of God. You humble yourself. Even when you're right you become wrong. And that's when God began to manifest. Even when that person life that's doing you wrong. You humble yourself. See, Jesus humbled himself, but through it all, he said, it is finished. It's finished, y'all. He done it all. The enemy wants you to see the worst. But God said, you got to see all the good I done. And you don't have to accept what the enemy is bringing to you even right now. You don't even have to check to see it's done. He said, when I give you something, you don't have to check with nobody. Because you know it's done. Go your way. And live that abundant life. Because he said, if I said it, I ain't changing my mind no matter how it look in the natural. So y'all, it's time for us to let go. Let go of your money. Let go of rejection. Let go of all of these things that's holding you from receiving what you already have. Your spirit is full of him. That's him. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit is on the inside of you and your spirit. 
That part of you don't need no help. That soul, that mind, the will, and emotions, that's the part that the enemy is using. So we have to renew our mind so we can connect to the spirit and the body is followed. If your body is not following your spirit, it's because your mind ain't renewed and you don't believe his love. When you believe his love, guess what? The spirit of God began to flow through you. And you began to manifest everything that God has already given you. How do you think people get miracles? Because God is a miracle-working God. And the only thing we have to do is accept it. Accept your miracle. Accept it because... We're in a time right now, man can't save you. Man can't even fix you back right. Man can only repair what was broken, but he can't put it back like it was. The only one that can put you back right is God. Man always can give you something, but that don't last. See, what God give you is everlasting. You don't have to go back and do nothing. Because it's a complete work. So we have to trust him now, y'all. Don't wait to trust him. Get into your word. Get to know his love on a daily basis. And the more you begin to thank him, God began to manifest himself. Because he's saying, oh, she is so thankful today. And then you begin to feel peace in your thanking him. Begin to thank him. I have life. I have the mind of Christ. Father, I have everything I need in you. I have the blood of Jesus that have sanctified me, justified me, cleansed me, restored me, redeemed me. Begin to thank God. God, I have provision. I have no lack. Thank you, Lord, for provision. Thank him for what he's already done, and it will begin to manifest even in your life. When you cry out to God with your whole heart, God began to move in the midst. He began to hear your cry. And that's why when sin, iniquity, and transgression separated us from God, God don't hear us. But God said, I want to hear my sons and daughters. So guess what he did? He done away with sin, y'all. So if he done away with it, why are we putting up with it? Come on, give God glory. Do anyone in the place today have anything to say dealing with your freedom? Hallelujah. Come on, Shirley. I give God the glory because truly he is deserving of all the glory. Amen. That word was so rich. And if you didn't get anything out of it, you must have had cotton in your ears or you weren't tuned in because I tell you, it was awesome. It was awesome. She broke it down. I mean, down. And if you were here looking for something, you got it. You received it because it was just awesome. You know, I had been praying over a situation and, um, situation that it's you know God can do anything we always say God can do anything and all this and we think we believe it till it gets to the point where do I really believe God 
you know, it gets to the point sometimes you say, well, do I really believe God? Why am I not seeing the manifestations that I need to be seeing at this point? But you know, just like she was teaching, when you know the love of God, when you understand his love and all that he's done for you, it's easy to let go. And you know, today, as I was sitting over here before she got to the part where Abraham offered up Isaac, he'd already given me that sitting there. You know, he loved me so much, and I make it personal, that he's going to take care of the situation because he always have a ram in the bush. He want us to trust him with our whole heart. He want us to not lean to our own understanding, but in all of our ways to acknowledge him. And I'm saying can't speak for you because we all have issues. We're still living here on the earth, and I don't care how much we say we got it together. We're still walking on this earth, and we're still dealing with stuff all day, 24-7. And we have to keep our minds and our hearts guarded. We have to watch what goes into our ear gate and what come out of our mouth and what we're looking at. We have to watch all these things because let me tell you something. Shouting is good in its place. But when you are put through a task, that's what tells the story. We can say this is going on in our house. We got money. We got this. We got that. But I'm going to tell you something. He can bring you to a point where you can say, well, you're at a crossroad. It's time to make a decision. Who are you going to trust? God or mammon? You know? And I'm going to tell you, today I have chose to give it all up and to trust God. Because I know he is the only way. He is the only source in my life. And you know, don't get me wrong, I know God. I know God. He has done so much for me. I know him. But you can come up against some things when you feel like, Lord, where are you? Where are you? You know, where are you, Lord? But he's right there all the time. He's carrying us through because we're going through and we can't see it. But I want you to know today that I have given it up. Because I know that in him I live, I move, and I have my being. And I thank him for that. I give God the glory. Thank you, Jesus. God, I thank you. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. I thank you, God. I give you praise, God, because you're worthy of all the praise, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. God is worthy to be praised. I thank God for my niece up there. Because I'm going to tell you something. She lives what she preached. When you see her, the manifestation of what you see is her life. And she's pouring it out in here. She's pouring out her heart all the time. She's trying to reach the world. Y'all, let's pray for her. Let's pray for her. When you see her, pray for her. Because let me tell you something. God is using her. And I thank God for her. I do. Because she's been a blessing in our life. A blessing. She's always there. She's always got a heart open. Always listening and waits for God to speak. And I thank God for that. I thank God for that because not everybody, you know, have access to people that will take time to understand what you're going through. And I thank God for it. And I love her too. I love her. God bless you. Shirley, come right here because the Lord wants me to tell you, tell you something. Stand right here and just have your arms up because he want to remind you of something. He said, remind her when the doctor told her it was nothing they can do with your liver. But God said, I come in because you trust me. There it is. He said, so what make you ever think 
that I ain't already done what I said. When you are reminded of your past victories, darling. See, before David can go before Goliath, Goliath was big. Some of us got some big Goliaths in our life. But before David could even face Goliath, he had to remind himself of his past victories. He said, Miss Mary, if God delivered me, stand right there, Miss Mary. He said, if God delivered me out of the paw of the lion, just raise your hands, and out of the paw of the bear, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? Oh, receive it. From the top of your head to the soles of your feet, I speak to every bone in your body. And I call them whole in Jesus' name. God, we speak the stiffness in joints. We command it to go right now in Jesus' name. Thank you for setting everything back in place in Jesus' name. God, you are God of order. And everything you created is good. And it don't malfunction. It functions in Jesus' name. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, God is moving. Sisters, come here. Take my hand. Say, God is moving in my direction. Say, move, God. Reign, God. Rule, God. Abide, God. In me. I give you permission to do what you need to do right now. God, I thank you for a moving and a stirring in this woman of God. I thank you, God, that you're showing her the supernatural like never before, God. You're taking her from glory to glory to glory. And as she opened her mouth, God, you shall... <laughs> You shall prophesy. Thank you for the gift of prophecy. God, as the spirit wills. In Jesus' name. Mm -hmm. God, I give you glory. I give you glory, God. Now, what is God saying? Speak. God said that everything I need is in him. God said that this church better get right because God is on the way back. God said jealousy shall flee. He said, jealousy gotta go. So he can move in your life. But he can move in your life. God said, let it go. Offense got to go. So he can move. 
moving in your direction. He's moving in your direction. Oh, yes, he's moving in your direction. Yes, he is. Hallelujah. God is moving in your direction. Come here, daughter. Stand right there in that aisle. Yes, ma'am. You. Stand right there. Say, God, I just thank you for how you have already moved in my direction. Everything, God, that's not of you, that's hindering me from doing what you have called me to do. I release it. I give it to you. In Jesus' name. And I thank you, I thank you that I'm walking, I'm walking in your goodness, in your, goodness, in your, mercy, in your mercy, in your loving kindness, in, your loving kindness in, Jesus name. in Jesus' name. Now, woman of God, God is good, isn't he? Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. He is so good. He is so, so good. He's so good. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Apostle, you have anything? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to your name, God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. I hear the Lord saying, trust me with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. In all thy way to acknowledge me and I will direct your path. I hear the spirit of the Lord saying today that many have allowed your heart to direct your path. But God is saying today, let me direct your path. Let me be the light to your pathway. When you pick one foot up and put it down, let, let it be God that is directing you in any given direction. Another thing that I hear the Lord saying today is stop worrying about your money. Stop worrying about your finances. Stop worrying about where anything is coming from. The Lord gave me a word the other day about Goshen. Everybody that belongs to God, there is a Goshen. That's a place of safety. That's a place of refuge. That's a place of provision. And God has already set you up for provision and everything that you need. But don't lean to your own understanding. There are some things coming about this in the next couple of weeks where you're going to be able to choose one way or the other. God says lean not to your own understanding. Don't try to figure out what you should do. Put it on the altar and let me 
lead you and guide you as to what you need to do in this season. If you go your own way in the direction that you think you need to go in this season, you're going to miss it. But God is saying, if you let me lead, guide and direct you, not only into all truth, but into every step that you make, you will, it will be well with you. And as apostle preached, I want you to live well. That's what the Lord is saying. But if you lean to your own understanding, it's going to be a whole nother direction. So if you go the wrong way, after God has told you to go another way, don't blame him for the results that you get. Apostle was saying this. God was giving me an open vision. Honey, give me that basket out of there. I want to, this is what we're doing by faith. I'm not asking for your money. Don't get along. Don't get in a state of panic. Look at your neighbor and say, don't panic. <laughs> this is what God is doing. This is what the Lord is showing me. You know how sometimes we get down to our last and we hold on to it with all we got. We try to cipher out. You know how uh, uh, the Beverly Hillbillies, Jeffro, not from not, leaves not. That's all Jeffro knew. We got some knots from knots in here. You're trying to cipher out, but this is what God is getting ready to break something in your life. If God is speaking to you, this is for you, and this is going to be broken today. By faith, God said when you put your money, when you give your money up and you put it in something, and that's all you have, God said you see yourself, of, that's all you have. But he said that's when I want you to see more than enough. God said when you give me all you have, you trust in me. You knowing that I have already worked in your life and that's not all you have. But when you're holding on to it, you're limiting me. Because you're thinking, I got to hold this to make it. But if you hear the spirit of the Lord say, give it, give it. And then God said, that's when you see increase. He said, I cannot give you increase if you're still holding on to what you have and you deciding what you need to give. He said, quit deciding what you need to give and give what I told you to give. He said, that's why you don't see growth because you're limiting me based on what you can do. He said, don't you know it ain't you that done nothing? So if you basing it on you, you ain't getting nothing. He said, but everything you based on me, he said, that's when increase come in your life. You're basing it on you. He said, I want everything based on me. So this is what I want you to do. Take a second shouldn't take long <laughs> and I want you to purpose in your heart by faith what you want to be given and then I want you to come up here by faith and just put it in there purpose in your heart remember I said I didn't ask for nothing did I what you purposing in your heart what you hearing the Lord say by faith that you want to sow do it by faith because God know your heart. He know your heart. This is a breaking of trusting God. This is a breaking. This is a breaking. It's by faith today. It's by faith today. What you hear the Lord say? Purposely put it in by faith. 
Perfect. Remember faith? Come by hearing, hearing, come by the word of God. We walk by faith and not by what? Sight. So we're doing this by what? Faith. You heard me. I didn't ask for no money, did I? I say, whatever God put in your heart, do it by faith. This is what you desire to what? Do. Now, when you trust God for your provision, you know you already have it because God is not going to be made ashamed of. God ain't going to have you lacking nothing. The love of money is what's the root of all evil. It ain't the money. Too many people love their money more than they love God because when it comes to money, people decide what they want to give. They don't hear what God is saying. So that means you harden your heart to the spirit of the Lord because you think you can make it without God. Anything that we do on our own is saying, God, I don't believe you can do it. But if we wait on the Lord and say, Lord, what would you have me to do? And we trust him and in doing it, it always works out because we hear God. Amen. Do we have any visitors at this time that would like to stand? And then we'll go on with our announcements and then our tithe and offering and we'll close. Okay, can we have our announcements at this time?